This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. Hello, good evening and welcome to another episode of Wednesday Week, a very special episode of Hello from the Other Side or Hello from Our Side, because tonight uh, Stevie and I are joined by Alex and Joe from the Sheffield Star. Chaps, how's it going? You all right? Yeah, very good, very good. Looking forward to a long old trip down to Plymouth. (laughs) It looks like Alex, you're already in the car ready to go, mate. Are you setting off now? Is that your plan? It it would take me a long time, yeah. Yeah, I sort of explained to you off air, I've got an unruly 18-month-old that's teething and refusing to go to bed, so this is the, the sanctuary that I come to every evening. Bring a couple of cans down, happy days. <laughs> are you, are you in you the what? back or are you in the passenger seat? No, it's mirrored. I'm, I'm in the driver's seat. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I just Tell thought you just naturally got into the passenger seat. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, a, that's so the that's purposes that's of that's this lot. podcast. Can we confirm that you're not moving, though? I'm not. I'm not moving. This is all perfectly legal. I'm not. I'm not yeah, in yeah. some dodgy car park somewhere, just hanging around. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, welcome to the Alex Doggin podcast. Uh, <laughs> I hope everybody's all having a good time. Now, chaps, I I, I wanted to get you on talk about. I mean, you know, we, there's been a lot of change in at Sheffield Wednesday, Joe. There's been a lot going off. I mean, um. We, we discussed last night on the podcast that the timing of this, it seems a bit odd. It, it's, an, it's an appointment that excited everybody. But we feel that, I, th- I think what we discussed last night was that Danny's got a hell of a job on his hands because the signings that we've made, average as they are on, on paper, aren't his. I mean, I mean how, do you, how do you kind of feel about that? I mean, it's interesting because obviously they're not his signings. And I think a lot of people expected him to to come in and stick to the old guard just because, you know, they were the ones who got the result at Huddersfield. But I thought it was really interesting that he came in and it straight away, he sort of, half the squad were, sorry, half the starting 11 were new signings. So he's obviously seen something there that he thinks that they're capable of doing a job. But I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, back and forth over the next few weeks while he gets to grips with things of, you know, what people are and aren't capable of doing. But yeah, I mean, we, we said we said when he came on board, it feels... I think it feels like quite a brave appointment for both. You know, I think it's a mm-hmm. it's a brave appointment for Wednesday, but it's also a brave job to take on from from Danny as well. So, yeah, they've kind of both taken a a bit of a leap of faith on each other, and you know, sometimes these things work out when it's like that. You know, that little bit of faith from both both parties, and yeah, I th- look the the first, however, it feel it feels like months. Fudge, I don't know how long he's been here. Is it, is it about two weeks? It, it feels like it's, he's been here for 18 months. Um, but yeah, however long he's been, he's, however long he's been on board, he's a, he's a very impressive man. He, the way that he talks, you know, is, is the way that he discusses football, the sorts of answers that he gives us when we chat to him about, you know, various different things. Yeah, he's an, he's an impressive brain. Um, I get, mean, I, go on, Steve. I've gone straight away. I'm so sorry. I, I was just about to ask, you get... Um... 
obviously a bit of a different insight to people like us that obviously see bits and hear bits. You're more at the chalk face sort of thing. So does he feel, does it feel different to the managers that we've had in the past? And I know we, we can go back to the Moors, the Monks, the, the Chiscos. When does he command a sort of a presence that's a little bit different? I think they all, to be honest, a lot of them have commanded a press room in a different way. You know, Darren, Darren commanded a, a room just presence-wise, you know, like mm. as soon as you were there, because just sheer physical size and because of the way that he spoke, it was, Darren was very, very calm in, and that was just the way that he was. Everything he said was, was the same sort of level. Um, and, and Chisco was, Chisco was different, you know, Chisco was very sort of, um, I, I know there was a lot said about his interviews and stuff like that, but Ch when you, when you actually spoke to him, you know, face to face and when it wasn't necessarily the, the bits that were getting a bit aggro. He was a very charming bloke, really likable, and um, there was that aspect to him. With Danny, Danny's just like like really forthright. You ask him a question, you get an answer. There's no like, you know, 40, 50 second answer around what's going on. You ask him a question and it's like, yeah, this is the situation. So it catches you off guard a little bit as a journalist because we've got used to having to, you know, Sort of double guess what's being said, thinking right. Yeah. We need to line this next question up. Whereas with Danny, you just go right. Um, is there a reason why he was left out? And he's like, "Yep, I didn't pick him." Excellent. Right, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> I, I I reckon that might be something he might learn going forward. That that managerial um, talent of saying a lot without actually saying anything. That, I hope you know... he doesn't. I hope he. I really hope he doesn't. I, I it's really nice. I think you know, it's a. Uh, it's it's nice to be able to just you know get these these quick answers you know well especially when we're going to be at a cold Plymouth on Wednesday night I hope you don't learn by then you can give me a short short answer as he wants tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going, it's going to be pretty cold I mean I mean Alex you know Plymouth's going to be a tough task they they've not they've not lost at home in in what seems like about twenty years it it's a long way to go and given the form that we're in i mean how do you feel Sheffield Wednesday are going to fare under this new regime as it were i I was encouraged by Saturday I thought they played really well they obviously didn't create too much but you, you sort of come away from that game thinking if one of those headed chances had gone in yeah or the penalty been given or retained um it's potentially season-changing stuff, isn't it? Because you, mm -hmm. you come away from it, new manager, new manager bounce. Everyone's still, you know, skipping away from uh, from Vicarage Road, and you know, it just felt like a bit bit of a gut punch. But you know, you look at the performance, and in a lot of ways, I, I wouldn't say it's the best performance of the season, full stop. But in a lot of ways, I think it was in terms of going forward and being a bit a lot more front for all the th things that. Chisco spoke about early doors. I think we saw more of that on on Saturday than perhaps we had done in um, in Chisco's reign itself. So, um, yeah, I'm encouraged by it. I think Plymouth are, are in a funny position. That, as you said, they're obviously very very strong at home. They're in a little bit of a wobble at the side. I don't think they've won in the last mm -hmm. two. I'd have to have it. Oh Christ! Hang on. <laughs> just just for the uh, visual listeners here ladies and gents uh, Alex's uh, lights have kicked in and uh, and that's going to happen every about 10 minutes so yeah. uh, brace yourselves for that kids we're in for a bumpy ride this is an absolute shamble on a podcast <laughs> <laughs> also someone's breaking into his car and, and his car's telling him about it uh, I'll play around with that in a bit um, I'm talking about the the lights um <laughs> Yeah, so what, I don't, what are we talking about here? I tell you what, let's just, let's just move on. I, I, I get what you mean. <laughs> um, to answer your question, uh, yeah, I, I think um, I think they're all tough matches. I think I think once the euphoria of <laughs> promotion sort of washed over, if, if it has washed over, you sort of look down the fixtures and there's not there's not a simple one there. Um, so yeah, this feels like one of the mealy mouthed. Um, manager answers that we were talking about a second ago but yeah it says um, a lot without saying anything <laughs> proper journalist response Al I enjoy it <laughs> yeah the one that we criticise other people for not getting yeah. Yeah, yeah um yeah I think I think a, a result is coming somewhere and if that's a you know a goal off someone's backside or or, or a penalty or whatever it might be just a bit of quality mm -hmm. from somewhere like Baz or Josh or someone 
popping up and doing something, then yeah, the, the, there's a result coming, I feel. Yeah, if the the old adage of if one comes off their ass, it'll get the monkey off the back type of thing. Like you know what I mean? It, it, it's it's kind of one of them. Now, Joe, you know, last night we we spoke in depth about the uh, about the new signings. You know, a lot of them. I was going to say haven't covered themselves in glory, but under under the under what was happening and the, and the furore around the club and and the attitude that was happening from the players and things like that, it seems a bit harsh to, to say it like that. I'm gonna I'm, I've still got this graphic from last night, so I'm gonna pop it up again. We had a few of the um, a few of the new signings in the start of the eleven against Watford. Uh, do you feel like you got a better response uh, un, under the new management team here from 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 those players in front of you now? I I I still think we're it's when we're talking about the game the other day it felt like the start of a new season in many ways mm-hmm. uh, you know the, it's not just a new manager because everything has changed with it and the situation has changed with it even the 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 fact that the fan base is you know you when you have a new manager and stuff a lot of the times the next manager is pretty uninspiring as well and mm-hmm. people's that their levels stay similar. Whereas with what's happened with Wednesday, it's almost that, you know, that at the start of every season, no matter how bad things have been, you get that like that little period of just blind optimism. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of feels like Wednesday are in that zone now. So it's across the board, this whole reset that Wednesday have gone through. And I think that the the way you can kind of look at it is we've got these new signings now and it's it's a new season for them. They've just had a, a few more weeks to to acclimatize to it, really. So I, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm with, with practically. I mean, all the new signings, obviously, with with the Abbey, with Momo Diaby. Sorry, you know, we, we've no idea when he's going to be back. Juan Delgado's just had hip surgery. Um, I, I, we don't know, but I can't imagine that that's going to be a quick recovery. But for the rest of them, you know, we've seen we've seen patches of you know different bits of quality you know you look at someone like Bambo Diaby I thought he was he was good against Watford you know he's, there's been there's been criticisms of him over the course of the season but in that game I thought him and, and Dom well Dom more so I thought Dom was great but you know the, the centre pairing looked strong so it, it feels like w- even though they were signed by a different manager it's a new a new slate for everybody and I think that should go for the players as well because they came in in very difficult circumstances you know Wednesday were a you know, they were a ship at sea in so many different ways. And I feel like this new manager, it's almost more interesting now because he, he knows nothing about him. He didn't sign him. So if they still get into the side now, you would think that they've had to do a little bit more. I think one of the things for me is, as you just alluded to with Bambo, is that we've seen this, and I mentioned this on the pod last night, I thought he was good on Saturday. And I've been one of his biggest critics um, certainly on our podcast, I thought it was good against Leeds, but there have been times where he's been absolutely abject. And I think that goes for one or two of the players that we're talking about in this in this sort of chat here, is that we've seen flashes from so many of the, the new guard in little bits, Valentin here and there, uh, Vasquez here and there, uh, Masaba in particular here and there, but not consistent enough. I think one of the key things is going to be trying to find or to, to see if, if, if the new management team, the regime, Danny Rule, um, and the team underneath him can actually get a consistent tune out of the players that have come in. Because you're absolutely right in what you're saying. It's a clean slate for everybody, isn't it? But it's about now trying to find a consistency and maybe getting to a point where Valentin, Diaby, Masaba, uh, particularly Jeff Hendrick, are, are, are now in a situation where you've got your shirt, now go keep it. And can we get a, well, a think, little bit of sort of uniformity in the in the, in the side? Yeah, I think I think <laughs> Hendrick was good as well. You know, Hendrick was yeah. good against Watford. It was, yeah. you know, obviously he was, he's had a lot of criticism, but, you know, I thought that was comfortably his best shirt, uh, his best performance in a Wednesday shirt. But you're saying there about, you know, the the flashes, that's been from the old guard as well. They're just The difference is that they've got credit in the bank because of what happened last mm-hmm. season. You yeah, know, agree with I that. Think you look over the over the, the whole side. I don't think you could name a single player that's been, you know, good all the way through. And uh, you know, for me, an interesting one. One of the most consistent performers I think has been Akin Fameiwa when he's getting hammered by some people. So, you know, and and he, that his main criticism is that he's playing out of position, and that's not his fault. Yeah, I mean. I mean, Alex. You know, a lot gets said about Fameiwo's position, given that we have Reese James, who's who's only ever done bit part 
you know, cameos this season based on, you know, the other week. Um, we, 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 we spoke a lot about the, um, about the potential for new signings. And like, like Joe says, you've got Delgado surgery. You've got uh, the other DRB out, out for a significant amount of time. We've got, we've got that spare space. Do you think that going forward that Danny might be able to strengthen the team given these, these lengthy injuries that, that they're in the team and the fact we've got a spare one? And, and as daft as it sounds, Johnson's not really got, a claim to that shirt just yet because of the new management team coming in, right? Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of people would sort of look at, obviously, play for the under-21s today, which sort of suggests mm-hmm. that the door is ajar, if you know, if, if not completely wide open. What Danny's spoken about is, you know, they want to have a look at him. And for me, it would make a lot of sense, given, you know, the, the number of minutes that, that Delgado and... Patterson and you know that that left hand side's been, um, yeah, there just hasn't been a, a to, to borrow a, a moreism. There's been a great deal of balance out there, and uh, I think even to laymen such as us, you know, it's just looks a little bit disjointed on that side. Now, I think one of the popular sort of things on certainly on Twitter at the minute is, you know, the, whoever thinks Marvin's going to come and solve all Wednesday's problems, I, I, no one, no one's suggesting that. For a second, no one's suggesting that. What you mean? He's not. Hang on, I'm going to have to make some notes here. <laughs> I need <laughs> the campaign is futile. Um, Ooh. But yeah, I, th- I think uh, yeah, I just I just think it's the obvious move to make unless there is someone out there. You know, we've seen Lyle Taylor come and go. I think it's a number nine that Wednesday really need. You know, I think we might see Callum Patterson. You know, obviously, obviously, Lee Gregory and and Josh Windass maybe tried in that the next few next few matches and just see if there's a, a different way around that. The bottom line is, how many weeks are we since the the transfer window closed? If there's any strikers out there that are out of contract, they're probably out of contract for a reason. They had a good look at Lyle Taylor, and for whatever reason, obviously that came in the midst of the Chancery. I'm not going to spend any more money statement. So you, you can imagine that perhaps those two were linked. Um, but yeah, I, I think. With one place available, with that left-hand side needing a bit, uh, especially with the Delgado situation, I, th- I think it would be an easy move for for Wednesday to make to bring Johnson in. Um, Wednesday don't always do the obvious thing, do they? So uh, we'll we'll just wait and see. Well, that's just it, on, isn't it? Just on, on Patterson, I was going to say with Danny being so like data-driven, you know that he's just gone. That guy runs loads, so I'm going to stick him <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah, and I'm just gonna, yeah. I'm just gonna ask him to just press and and to be fair, it's what he does. You know, Pato was chasing down everything the other day. Um, yeah, I imagine there's gonna be a lot of that stuff with with Danny, where where the 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 data that we sort of that people like me and Alex look over from games, where we're gonna start being able to predict. I'll be wrong, but you you're gonna be able to look at it and go, yeah, that that's exactly why he's been put in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, Joe. I'd love to talk to you about Ashley Fletcher. Um, you know, not exactly covered himself in glory as a Wednesday legend right now. Um, do Do you feel like there might be a point where Danny in January might go? We're going to see if we can talk about sending him back and, and and give his shirt number to somebody else. That you know that type of thing. Or or do you reckon they they've all got a clean slate right now? I think they've all got a clean slate. I, I, I genuinely believe that. I mean, obviously, the, the Fletcher one was impossible to call over the weekend because he wasn't allowed to play. So, you know, that, mm-hmm. that wasn't, you know, it wasn't in question um, in that sense. But obviously, the fact that, like, you know, Bailey Kadamari got on the bench ahead of not just him, you know, for the Huddersfield game, is, you know, that's a an interesting shout about where, where things are at. But with... Yeah, I do think they've all got a clean slate. But you, the other thing is, you talk about sort of cancelling the loan. That's got to be mutual anyway. You know, yes, it, it's you know it, the break clause might. Well, we don't actually know if there is a break clause with with Fletcher. The you know the, the so often is we know like with, with Blackburn, we're very quick to point out that there is one with John Buckley. Uh, you don't often <laughs> see it in a press conference from the club saying, "No, no, don't get carried away. If he's doing well, he's coming back." Uh, but yeah, with, with with Fletcher, you know, there might not be a break clause at all. It might be one that both parties have to agree to. Wednesday might, you know, turn around and say we 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 want to go in a different direction. And Watford could say, 
uh, now thinks, we'll, we'll even with you. We think he's got more of a chance there. So there's all these things to take into account with this stuff. But, um, sorry, go on. I was just going to ask on that. Sorry, Joe. Um, no break clause, we retain him, but we can we still deregister him? And I, it sounds horrible to say it. Obviously, you've got a squad of 25. Can we retain the player? But obviously, we, we, we move in terms of um, the players that we can have in our 25-man match day squad that's going to go forward. And I, I know that sounds horrible and I'm, I'm, no, it, I'm, it, I'm it, looking at it from the other side like, like, why, why yeah. would we pay for a player's wages just to have him sat there playing for the under twenty threes dev squad? Like, Mate, it, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm well, just thinking outside the box. If we're look, if we're looking for movement least, and we're well, looking no, for change, mm. okay. So at least can I jump on the? Can I can I jump on, on the soapbox and sort of sort of ask this this Fletcher stuff? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pretend he, he's coming in being good. In, right. in, you know, there's no point dressing it up. <laughs> he's he's be, he's become a, a I don't know a figure for, for scapegoat to talk about. Yeah, well, scapegoat's a strong word, Stevie, but you said it up, Ray. Um, <laughs> has, has he been that much worse than the other strikers? Go on, Steve. Um, I think do you know what it's it's a it's a difficult one because it's like. I'm not going to use any sort of inappropriate analogies, but that it's the bar has set, been set really low, hasn't it? Um, and as 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 Joe was saying earlier on, I think the, the the established players in this squad have got a lot of money in the bank, if you like, metaphorically, in the sense that we've we've seen Gregory and what he can do. Michael Smith scored a lot of goals last year. Uh, Pato is a bit of a cult hero. We know what Josh Windass can do. Um, there's a huge clamour for Kadamartery. Um and I'm 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 on the fence with that one, if I'm honest with you, because playing junior football respectfully or under twenty ones football versus playing championship blood and thunder football are two different things, aren't they? And there's a reason, I would imagine there's a reason why the last two, three managers haven't yet blooded Kadamatri, um, having seen what he can do and, and where he is. The thing with Fletcher is whilst he's not scoring the goals, he comes his 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 in the bank, if you like, is the fact that there's a pedigree there where he scored effectively. And I don't have the numbers off the top of my head. You know, we're, we're talking single figures in the last seven, eight years in terms of goals. We're talking a lot of loans. We're talking a lot of movement in his, his sort of career with not a great deal of pedigree in terms of the qualitative stuff that you hear uh, to back up the quantitative stuff. So if you go to a Middlesbrough uh, fan, they would say the same as a Watford fan. who would say the same as anybody else that have had him. Um, as we said, the bar set really low, and I don't. Whilst he's not been significantly worse than anybody else, he's not shown me anything that that indicates that there's any sort of promise or anything to come. Um, and I think yeah. that's he's, he's swimming upstream to an extent there. I, I yeah, I, I I completely understand all that. I, I just wonder. And, and by the way, disclaimer: if Smudger Greg is a, a watching or listening. When I say as bad as the other strikers, you've not had anything to work with. I'll make that very clear. <laughs> yeah, I, I really I, I like get, you. I really like the other strikers. Yeah, I, I, I get I get where you're going, Al, but there's like an element of like, so there's there's a point to Smudge's game where he's this huge presence in, in yeah. the box. You know, like, you know, we, we've called him before on this show, Atinuyu 2.0. Like, you know, he, he's getting to those chances and all right, there's a 50p head goes off here and there's a there's an elbow and a geezer here that the referee blows up. And with Gregory, there's his tenacity. He, he will chase defenders down and, he, and, he, and he's got... I was going to say pace in the bank. I won't go as far as saying pace in the bank, but he's got he's got a bit of movement compared to the other two. But in terms of Fletcher, I don't see what his thing is. Like like Smudger has got his presence and Gregory's got his tenacity. What has what has Fletcher got? If 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 that makes sense. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think if you look at and, and I'm aware, I'm sort of I'm not trying. I'm, I'm sort of playing devil's advocate to an extent here. Um. If you look at his defensive output in terms of that pressing and that sort of stuff, mm -hmm. Fletcher's right up there. In 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 a lot of metrics, he's he's above Gregory and he's above. I I just um, I don't know. Like I say, a lot of this is devil's advocate. Look, I'm not pretending that that Ashley Fletcher is, you know, my number nine for the rest of the season. Stop loving Ashley like Fletcher, that. Al. Come on in here with you. Ah, I love Ashley <laughs> Fletcher. I, I, breaking news. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I just wonder, you know, how much of it. 
maybe is an optics thing in terms of, you know, the flip side to Stevie's argument was, you know, with him not having scored that many goals, if he'd played the last two years in League One, he, he might have got a few more, you know, mm-hmm. and and equally, if you'd asked Stoke fans or uh, about Lee Gregory or you'd asked Pompey fans about Smudge, you know, you know what I mean? So, look, there's, like I say, I don't know, I'm, I'm almost sort of, yeah, just wondering a little bit because he's seen as Cisco signing him because he was getting minutes ahead of of big fan favourites. I just don't know if if it's to the levels of Stevie's word scapegoatism that that I've seen, and I, I think almost now that that Chisco's gone, and maybe he will get a chance, maybe he won't. You know, maybe Danny will see, you know, plenty in him. You know, maybe he'll he'll see maybe what a lot of fans are, are seeing in him, and he it'll be sort of way down the pecking order. But I think now with Chisco gone, there's sort of a line drawn under that. Well, he's he's the the unpopular manager's mate and he's got an opportunity to go again here a little bit. I'm going to get daggers on Twitter from this now. But but <laughs> I, think, I think you're right in, in a lot of ways though, Alex, because it's not just, it happens a lot, doesn't it? You find when things aren't going right, it was the same last season. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. We all know away days are mint, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now with the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. For more information, see mcdonalds.com. See you later. He's on Wednesday, had that blip, you know, there had to be a player. There always has to be a player. You know, there always has to be one that, that takes the brunt of it all. And, you know, this season there's been there's been quite a few, but it does feel like, you know, Ashley, Ashley Fletcher could come on, take a great touch, take, put in a great cross. And it doesn't get like no one gets on the end of it, and it's like, oh well, that was an awful cross, awful player, and it's just like the way that it's that the mindset is with with people, and and players end up getting on that that list sometimes, and often it's it's you know very unfair. Well, I tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you both on the uh, both on the uh, under pressure a little bit now, Joe. I mean, do you think Sheffield Wednesday? But you know, I'm, I I want to kind of delve into the club ethos and all the rest of it. Do you think they have the opportunity and they have the players to get out of the record-breaking poor start to the season that they've got? I think, but yeah, I think they've got the potential to, you know, obviously it's, you can't judge what's going to happen on, you know, one game and what's effectively been about seven training sessions. But (laughs) I think that, you know, with, with what I've heard from Danny, with the way that the players talk about him, um, with the pedigree that he's got, with the sort of people he's brought in around him, I, I think Wednesday have the potential to to get out of this and, and get the job done. I think that they've they've got enough they've got enough there, especially if the if they're smart in January, which again is you know we, we've no idea if that's the case or not. But I I do think they've they've got enough. It's just it, this this game now feels massive. You lose to Plymouth, you're twelve points left already. I mean, yeah, in October, I, I, that's I don't know. Much. It it is mental, but I feel like Plymouth might be a bit of a free it to to, to the more measured football fans. If I'm honest, because they don't lose at home, nobody likes going down there. If we go down there and get a point, I think that's a mega result. Like, yeah, well, I, 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 I think, I think the same, is the one. Yeah, I think the the Plymouth game is more about not losing than winning. If that makes sense, because you mm-hmm. lose that game. Yeah, yeah. And twelve points is, like I say, that's massive. To to be twelve points back, you know, by before Halloween is madness. So yeah, I, I would take four points for the next two games easily. I'd take that straight away. I think it's interesting. It's interesting because there's a lot of football being played tonight, isn't it? As we speak, as we record on the Tuesday, the the, the league 
and I know obviously it's not going to affect our position and where we are, but there's a the league will look different tomorrow. Unfortunately, morning. nothing can affect our position anymore. We are entirely <laughs> of our own position. All, all, yeah. our, all our own making. Now, yeah. Alex, I mean, you know, so something was made of the of the teams that we've played being what's perceived as the better teams in the championship and maybe the fixtures haven't really fallen our way. Not all of them, of course, but do you feel like we've got a perceived easier run the next few games? You'd hope so. You'd always hope so. There's, there's always seems to be something around the corner where some team randomly goes banging form and some striker that's not scored in five years starts banging hat tricks in and then Wednesday playing. It is the Wednesday way. Indeed, indeed. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, it, you start looking at it now because of the, the points gap that's there. You look at Plymouth and you, you go, well, a point there is a good result and I'd agree with you there 100%, but it's only a good result if you go and beat Rotherham. Do you know, it, <laughs> yeah. it, start, it starts yeah. stacking up in that way. Yeah. Um, and you've got to start stacking guessing probably the next four or five results on it, you know, yeah. like a snooker player weighing up a, a break sort of thing. So, yeah, I'd, I'd sort of agree with Joe that there is enough there. They've got to get scoring goals. Well, they've scored two in the last 10, I think. Uh, five all season, two of them were when they were behind at, at Hull. And, you know, it, they've just got to start, find a way to start scoring goals. And however that might be, if that ends up being Pato and Smudge up top and uh Domai off for banging it forward. I don't think it will be. Um whether it's nip, nicking the ball off as we saw uh against Watford, you know, they had some joy, you know, um recovering the ball in the opposition half. That could well be a good way forward because there's some good personnel for that as well. So yeah, they're just uh it's it's a simple thing to do in it, but um score more goals in the opposition they can get a run going. Yeah. That's uh, that's that's pretty much how, how it works. <laughs> All right. So, goals and confidence. Excellent. We we get paid for this garbage. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> There's only have you got like a book of cliches that you get given when you you know when you you, you qualify from uni and you get you get your degree in the cliche book and I'll be sick as a parrot now. That's a bit sixties that one. I'll, I'll it, move it on. Was, it was written in the forties by Big Z, and yeah, we've all. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I tell you, I tell you, the reason I wanted to get you on, chaps, is that I know you've, um, you've, you've taken a foray into into published authors. Now, Alex, you did it before in your in your wonderful book uh, about the uh, ninety one Rumblows Cup win, but you did this together. Now, I know you guys work a lot together. Um, you know what I want to know is. Obviously, your feelings and the way the, the, the furore around the club kind of dwindled over the summer, I want to talk about that. I also want to talk about, you know, the build-up to the game. And, and Joe, you were there around um, around the bar in, in Covent Garden and being in all around it. And, and we, you know, we were all there for the, uh, for the Peterborough comeback and all the rest of it. What I want to know first is, given that you spend all this time together, are you starting to piss each other off yet? Or, or, or are you all right? Like... Only private, like, we don't talk about it. <laughs> I, I just, I just kind of want you to tweet each other just one day and go sick of this prick. Like, you know, what I mean? yeah, yeah. Imagine, imagine the Wednesday meltdown there. Like, you know what I mean? But I tell you what, Stevie, why don't you, why don't you lead I'm us into? I'm not going to say anything. I'm just, gonna, I'm just going to unfollow him. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Joe, if you unfollow him and Alex does a an article about you unfollowing him, that would that would absolutely make absolutely he's, make my day. He's not responding to my messages, so I have to do it through an article on the back of the staff. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously we're in terms of the book what was the genesis of it how far into the season did you realize you were going to do it we, we, we definitely didn't get carried away did we alex we, we definitely <laughs> didn't get carried away early doors but it early is new year wasn't it we were sort of <laughs> maybe not new year but a few weeks into the i think certainly by the newcastle game we yeah. sort of felt that if they were going to get promoted, and we obviously we all thought the time automatic, perhaps. Um, but the, the Newcastle game gave us something to to sort of stick it on if the playoffs weren't there. Do you know what I mean? So that was going to be sort of the crescendo. And then uh, there was obviously going to be a lot happening along the way with the rest of the season. But we had, so bearing in mind that our friend 
lover and confidant, uh, Dom Housen, has got so much stick for his red wine-soaked tweets in February about when he's going to be in the <laughs> championship. We were bouncing it around with our publisher pal, Danny Hall, who's on the dark side of the Star Sports desk. Um, and we went to our first official meeting to sign the contracts and have a chat about how we're going to go about it. Now, my recollection of this is the in the hours leading up to the Barnsley match or the Bolton match. Was it the Bolton match? It was. It was one of those two. Yeah. One of the two. No, it was. So, it, it was. It was. It was Bolton because because I remember going for the meeting before the Bolton game and then afterwards we were talking about how bad the Bolton game had been and then we had then then there was Barnsley. Yeah. So twenty-two unbeaten, Bolton. Josh Windass goes down injured. Oh, they were rubbish there. Ha, ha, ha. Wouldn't it be hilarious if our meeting has jinxed the rest of the season and Wednesday aren't going to go up? Oh, so it's your bloody fault. We could talk about his jumper all bloody day, but it was your fault that, that, that we had that blip. Yeah. But, you know, it, with, without that blip, it wouldn't have been as good, would it? So, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, there were certainly... You know, I remember standing with Joe at, at Peterborough after the first leg and sort of going, well... At least we don't have to turn the book round in two months now. You know what I mean? It, it just felt, and you know, if Wednesday hadn't gone up, obviously we wouldn't have done the book. Um, I don't know if Wednesday had gone up, having beaten Peterborough two 0 in the playoff and then battered Barnsley. You know, I don't know. I think we probably would, but it wouldn't have had the same narrative. So, um, no. yeah, I think I think ultimately, had they lost at Wembley, we wouldn't have done it. So, yeah, the um, I remember at the final whistle. After everything that happened in the the second leg, and then obviously the goal coming in the 123rd minute, sort of rattling on the laptop trying to get a copy out, and just got a text from from Danny at, at Vertical Publishing, just saying you got to get that book out now. It's like ah oh, crap, we have as well, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> what, what about what, you? Joe? Go on, Steve. No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask what sort of processes have you gone through, like? in the interim between having to get the book out, you two working together. What's it like? Obviously, Alex, you've written a book individually. Working together as a two, is has one led the other or have you, has there been disagreements? Well, have you been like me and Dan no. on the podcast? Going, no, well, I, I, say there's been, I, say, I say there's been no disagreements. I don't know what Alex has been saying to Danny about me, but to my face, it's been <laughs> fine. Um, but no, do you know what? Do you know what? The, the, the thing was, I spent the first maybe three weeks of it in having like an existential crisis because Alex, Alex is the writer and I'm the news guy. So I spent three weeks basically going, how do I, I need to like get more Miller. I need to become more Miller. <laughs> if I'm going to get this done. And, and the, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I pissed him off at some point. Cause I just kept sending him stuff saying, how's this? Is this, is this, is this the sort of thing that we're looking for here? Um, like and, tw- yeah. 20 past two in the morning as well. Right. <laughs> well you were up anyway with the young gun anyway. Just just on, on that note, like the amount of times where me and Alex have messaged at like stupid o'clock in the morning, because we both have our, you know, last scene on, on WhatsApp. So it's just like kind of like an unwritten More rule. But if, if that last scene was in the last 20 minutes, then it's fair game. We can message each other at that point. Just that, that, that you up question mark kiss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, got each other's missus going, who's this texting you at this hour? Yeah. Like, oh, there's, there's, there's no need for that, mate. You know my situation. That's a low blow. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Over it's not like... Going, oh, he's here again. <laughs> so like there, there's, there must be a point where like you say was it a process of writing as the season went on then the fact that you that you did it so early on and was there a point when like like you say Alex if the if it, if we'd have just beaten one nil at Hillsborough and then got a nil nil at Peterborough that you know that you know, the, the book might not have happened. There needed to be a narrative in order to sell copies, right? So you kind of like, you, you did, well, I guess what I'm asking is, did you do a load of work that potentially could have just gone straight in the bin had there not been a decent running or were you big fan no, doing no. it anyway? No, that would have been yeah. organised. Yeah, Chris Alt <laughs> will tell you that we only work like as late to deadline as, as we possibly can. 
So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know about Joe. I think as the season went on, I certainly started making notes of little bits of colour here or there that perhaps we'd seen or we'd had access to that, that everybody else didn't, which sort of helped along the way. Sort of angle certain press conferences, you know, and ask questions that maybe, you know, isn't going to make the paper, but might be might be good for a couple of months down the line. But in terms of the actual writing process, I don't know about you, Joe. I, don't, I didn't. I certainly didn't start till it was till it was done and dusted. And partly because, you know, after Bolton and Barnsley and then that run, there's a, there's a fair chance it might get wasted. You know, the playoffs is, is such yeah. a lottery. Um, and I'm a bit superstitious. It felt a bit jinxy to crack on and start writing something. So, um, yeah, there was a lot crammed in. A lot of a very late night. So I think there was a week uh, where I didn't sort of get to bed till sort of gone three, and then I'm up at seven with the with the bed and all this sort of stuff. So it was, yeah, there was a couple of weeks in there where it wasn't very fun to be honest. But um... let's get let's get to see. Like I, I have my I have my phone on loud um, overnight uh, just in case Steph calls me. And then every every now like every morning at half past four, Alex go. I've just I've just finished this latest bit. Do you, do you mind having a check through it? <laughs> but but going back I, to your earlier question, we we the the process we 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 mapped out like a vague plan, didn't we? Quite early of where we wanted to like the chapters and all that kind of stuff. But even to the point of who was writing which chapter, we we only sorted that out once it was sort of confirmed that we were doing it. We mm-hmm. we took an evening. And we kind of split things. Some of it was natural, you know, games I went to that Alex wasn't around for and vice versa. But then there was obviously the big ones. I, I, I was chatting to, to Stu from the Yorkshire Post the other day and I I think I kind of pulled rank on Peterborough and said that one's mine. But Alex got Wembley, so that was all right. Um, but just in terms of the process, uh, I've said this before, I, I was quite nervous because... Because it's quite a stressful process, I was nervous that it was going to get like a little bit, you know, not aggro, but like we were going to start to get to each other a little bit. But, you know, again, speaking for myself anyway, it, it felt really natural. Like even to the point of one of the things we were concerned about was that our writing styles were very different. And that when you mm-hmm. started putting it next to each other, that it was going to feel disjointed. It was going to feel like it was two people writing a book. Um, mm-hmm. So when when we sent it to Danny for the first time and he, he was like, "Which of you wrote this chapter?" We're like, "Yeah, that'll do." If he <laughs> didn't know what, if he didn't know what, which ones were, yeah. no one else would. So it's a good start to be. So I tell you what, then let's 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 share some stories. Then I I, I want to hear about your your playoff times. I mean I mean, which one of you went down to the first leg at Peterborough? The the four nil. Oh God, I bet that 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 was a good day out for you, wasn't it, Al? <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> yeah, it just felt. I, I don't know about Joe. It felt before kickoff as if some, I don't know, like a foreboding, whether that's just the way that you remember it. But I think a lot of the posh fans were in the ground quite early. They had the drum going. The the press box at Peter is at the the opposite end. It's not sort of on the halfway line. It, it's dead. So we were immersed in the uh, Peterborough fans and quite near the drum and all the rest of it. I certainly felt. I don't know, like there's something. And Wednesday started that game so well, it it wasn't a four nil game, which is what I remember. It's a, you know, the, I think Peterborough probably deserved to win it two, maybe. For, you know, but four nil mm-hmm. felt very harsh. And yeah, I just remember after the game, the the you know you, you'll sort of go down. Darren used to do all his press conferences pitch side. Um, and I just remember the the chat between. Us just being very, very downtrodden and miserable, just as the same it will be for every car and train that was going back to going back to Sheffield. And um, I do remember being very impressed with with Darren in terms of how he went about it. Uh, but he didn't sleep that night, did he? I think he got a he got a psychologist by the following day, hadn't he? Yeah. Well, I, I tell you what, there was one thing that I did notice. So when we're speaking to him, and obviously the cameras are all up at his his face and all the rest of it. He used to come out with a with a coffee cup, and when when they'd won, he'd sort of sit for a bit, blah blah blah, walk off with it intact. When they'd lose, it'd it sort of it's almost like his his frustration. He'd take out in the coffee cup and he'd fold it down, he'd rip it a little bit, and 
after the Peterborough game, that coffee cup was a was a scrap of paper at the end. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you know, I think it was just a method that he had where he was so keen to to be level and and you know oh it's what what was the phrase you used, Joe? It's a mountain to climb or it's a hill to climb or or something like uh, that. Yeah. So so someone I think my I can't remember it was someone asked him if it was if it was now an impossible task and he said we've got a mountain to climb. And then someone like whoever it was reiterated it and was like, "Well, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a big ask in it. Like this has never been done before." And he just went, "We got a mountain to climb." It, like he was very, you know, this ain't done. Um, but there was also that bit in that interview. I think it was Rob. Rob sort of asked him if the players had let him down. And if you the video is like the video is online somewhere. If you watch him, he takes a moment and he takes a, a sip of his coffee. Almost like he's going, yeah, <laughs> but I, I, I'm not going to say that. So he, he takes a moment and then he goes and he goes off on a different tangent. But the we we were really chuffed with those two chapters, weren't we? Like the because Alex did the first leg, we pulled the short straw on that one, but he did a brilliant job on it. And then the turnaround and the juxtaposition of it all is, I, I mean, we we joked like we could have done a we could have done a book on on those three games. We we literally yeah. could have fobbed off the rest of the season if we wanted to. There was enough to go on on those three matches. I've just I've just remembered that that was a record breaking winning streak for Sheffield Wednesday. I, I literally it, it absolutely just escaped my mind. I've ju- I've just absolutely remembered. Now you know you say that Alex had drawn the short straw in terms of, but I, I've, I've surely in order for the writing process, it's easier to write about a game like that than. Than essentially the the comeback and the second leg, Joe. Because you know, how did how did you find yourself not just writing? Yeah, it was mint. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was well good. Well, so it was that was the first chapter I wrote, Peterborough. Before I started it, because it was you know still fresh in the mind, and um, I felt like it was the one that there was the most stories to tell about, and I didn't want to miss anything. So mm-hmm. the process of it was all yeah, again. I was chatting to Stu and sort of said it was it was quite an emotional thing because I'm watching the game over and over again and noticing all these different moments that happened in it. And yeah, it was it was a it was it was really enjoyable to do, but it is it is because I'm so emotionally invested in it. Like it was ridiculous. Like I'd find myself watching Liam Palmer's goal for the 140th time and still like getting a bit emotional at it. And like if I, I found myself like I'd be writing a paragraph about like Jack Hunt's penalty, and then I start like getting <laughs> like getting weird about it, and it's it, it is difficult to um, I suppose to not be overly emotional about it, but also there was no me and Alex hadn't said like we're going to be very unemotional about this, you know, it was never going to be a book that we were we were so close into it that. We didn't want it to sound, you know, as if it's somebody else. We wanted it to be written by people that lived and breathed the whole season. So we, we never said at any point, like, let's try and, and tone it tone it down or let's be let's be journalists about it, if you know what I mean, and be unbiased because we weren't unbiased at any point during that season. So why start now? And they say it was it was just a really nice chapter to write and to do it first. It was. I started it first, but I think I finished it last because it was almost yeah, like yeah. that was the chapter that I I I knew I had to get spot on. So I I finished that chapter, but then even when we were doing the edits at the end, I was still chopping and changing bits of that. You one. wanted to go back um, and and do it again because because Wembley essentially was a bit, a bit of a boring game. So sorry, say that again. Uh, the Wembley itself was a bit of a boring game, and it was kind of like, yeah, we we endured all this. That we scored last minute. There's the narrative. There, everybody lost their mind. But Peterborough had a a, a plucky underdog story. It had, it had a full on tale to tell, didn't it? That that was that was kind of the one to write about. Steve, I'm running short of time. Is there anything you'd like to ask the chaps before I have to wrap this up? Because I've just realised what time it is. <laughs> Could do this all night. I know. I'm I'm I'm, I'm the same. I'm. Not really. I just um, I think we'll go straight to the plugs. To be honest with you. Okay. So I, t- I tell you what. If you're watching this on your laptop or you're watching this on the big telly, I'm going to put the QR code on the screen now. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. It- it's just like Owen Quigg from X Factor. Just like. 
Call, call now. Call, call the phone. So I've got I've got the QR code if you would like to uh, purchase a copy of Joe and Alex's book. It's going to be very emotive and uh, it's going to relive what what was an absolutely batshit season. There was no there was no point in the season where everything just seemed okay. I was either mega up or I was absolutely on my ass. And and running a a show such as this, a podcast such as this, it just absolutely slaughtered me because, you know, every week it, it's difficult because every week I'm going, we were fucking brilliant. And then, <laughs> and then, and then for about two months, we were fucking rubbish. There was no middle ground. Um, but listen, if any of you chaps have got anything to add, uh, you know, say it now, apart from, you know, buy the book and, um, and chaps, please, please keep up up the good work. And uh, I've just got one question to ask: Did either of you actually get to talk to Tony Pulis in the flesh? What, what, <laughs> in, in, when, he was, when he was here, or or since? No, <laughs> since I'd love to pick his brains, but like at the time when he when he was at Wednesday, did you did any of you actually get to talk to him or meet I, him? Because I, I can confirm that he exists and is a real person. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely, uh, you, you hear it here first. It's, it's a Wednesday week exclusive, ladies and gentlemen. Stay. <laughs> stay well, well I will say one of my main interactions with Tony Pulis was after we'd lost at Norwich, and I was trying to interview him as he was walking away from me. Because he, he, me and Dom were there, and we were trying to chat to him, and he was obviously annoyed. So he was, he was trying his best to like leave as as we're asking the questions. He's like walking away. <laughs> I might start doing that with this Sounds show. About right. Listen, chaps, thank you very much for joining me. In the meantime, I'll put the QR code just on one more time. In the meantime, thanks a lot, chaps. See you later. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing, ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points back of the net. Lubosh! Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com for more information. See you later! And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.